Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast and our catching up with short form interview series brought to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. This episode, we have young Michael D'Orlando, New York driver, a reigning USF 2000 champion competing in Anderson Promotions USF Championship Ladder Series, doing all that he can to try and take that next level up move to the rebranded USF Pro 2000 Series. Really strong advancement prize from Anderson Promotions. That is going to do big things to help get him to that next step, but not all the way. And that's the reason why I wanted to speak with Michael. Break down some of the, what goes on, what happens. There's still the need for some additional financial support. There's the need to find a team. How do you do that? How do these negotiations take place? I don't know if these things are given enough of a spotlight. We're looking at our hopeful future NTT IndyCar Series drivers. So know that I want to do a better job of sharing their stories and giving you some deeper, deeper backgrounds on what goes on to get them from one step to the next. So I reached out to Michael and appreciate the time that he has taken here for us to wander through this. So Michael, you are the newest recipient of Anderson Promotions Advancement Prize, trying to move from USF 2000 just had a great result, obviously, this past season with the uh, the Cape Brothers, Cape Motorsports. They are moving to Indy Lights. So as we sometimes see young driver like yourself who wins a championship at that first step, often continue with the same team at the next step. That's not expected to be uh, your reality as we head to 2023. Then there's another aspect too, Michael, that in the things that folks might not fully grasp We'd look at the number of the advancement prize, $406,926. I'm not totally sure how we, oh, that's what they published. I'm just saying. I thought it was 25. Well, it said 26. I know. And it was one of those curious things. I'm like, I kind of thought it would have been a, a, you know, a five or a zero, but hey, 926 better than 925. But yeah. Uh, and so this is all amazing stuff. There's no criticisms, complaints whatsoever, but I would love to get into here, Michael, since again, you're the newest driver coming out of USF 2000 to have to navigate this path and figure things out. Try and tell that story of what it's like trying to do this. Tell me about the, the budget side, and I'm not asking you to, to reveal what folks are telling you you need to bring to step into that new USF Pro 2000 seat next year, but there is some work needed to be done by yourself. I know you and your brother Nicholas also uh, racing on the, uh, the Anderson Promotions uh, ladder system here. The two of you are working on a lot of business stuff as well. Why don't we start there? Because this is something you have to do, right? It's not just a free ride to the next step right. on the ladder. No, it's a really isn't. I think this year coming out of it, with obviously the scholarship worth four hundred six nine hundred and twenty six thousand dollars is a is a lot of money. And honestly, going into a racing, definitely wouldn't think I'd be earning, or I guess not really earning, but. Uh, getting awarded that much money in terms of scholarship for a championship. And as much money as it is, obviously, there's still a lot more to come racing a, well, the newly rebranded USF Pro 2000 championship. Um, and I, I mean, 
it's an honor to be the champion of the uh, 2022 USF 2000 championship and uh, Anderson promotions is definitely helping out and um, majorly by, you know, saving us $406,000, but there's still that aspect of it that, I mean, with two drivers in motorsports, my brother and I, and um, a family like ours that is working nonstop um, to, and putting every penny that we make back into the racing um, is, you know, there's still that last little bit that we have to come up with. And I mean, we've been, we've been working our butts off ever since the end of the championship and we still don't have enough money uh, or enough budget to get to the, the combine that's this weekend, the fall combine. Um, and everyone's asking like, Hey, we're the Duolando brothers. And we just have to keep telling them like, yeah, we're, we're, we're still coming up. We're still trying to come up with the, with the funding to get us there. We're still trying to come up with the funding to even do preseason testing, let alone, you know, figure out our plans for next year. And I've been talking to a bunch of teams and I've been getting some, some offers that I, that I think are pretty good in terms of a USF pro 2000 championship. It's just been a struggle since that. I mean, obviously we get the, we get some of the drivers that have, you know, a fair amount of sponsors or like, you know, I, I don't really want to say it, but daddy's money and they go through and make up and just get through the, the ladder system quite well. And uh, after my third year in USF 2000, we're still ha- barely had enough money to scrape by last year, let alone moving up the uh, to USF Pro 2000 this year. So it's uh, it's been quite a been quite a hustle for us. So let's talk about that hustle side. So parents obviously doing their best to support their kids, college being a a big priority, uh, and I would say that the greatest priority, which I appreciate that fact as well your life your brother's life two of you aren't just kids who came up through karting have focused 100 percent of your young lives and racing at the uh, exclusion of becoming smarter higher education giving yourself you know right. training and knowledge in other things in the world besides turning steering wheels and whatnot Let's talk about that a little bit because parents obviously will always try and I should say we would hope would always try and help their sons and daughters and, and, and whomever's to go upwards in life. You guys are trying to do two big vertical movements at the same time in racing and also uh, at university. Tell me about that, Michael, because I would think what you're trying to do, what Nick is trying to do to raise that money, to continue your racing, uh, path. That, that's something that most young drivers trying to get to IndyCar aren't burdened with. No, no, not at all. I think, um, a lot of, I know a lot of drivers that, uh, will just skip college and just, you know, don't not even go and do it. And a lot, even as a, when we were younger, we, I knew a lot of drivers that were homeschooled. So, um, having to go through a proper high school education with a at a Catholic private school, I own a prep in um, New York, and then now I'm a student at UNC Charlotte in uh, well North Carolina Charlotte, and I'm full time too. So I'm here in Charlotte. I'm doing all my I'm doing all my assignments, um, and I'm going physically into class. I'm I'm doing all of that. I'm doing all of it. I'm think uh, and for same for Nick as well. We're we're trying to get. We're trying to check off all the boxes and, you know, getting a marketing degree in UNC Charlotte would be another op- another opportunity for us to, um, you know, just 
extend our knowledge base and you know having that diploma is always a a good thing in life but i mean to be completely honest i never really wanted to go to college first i i always thought like yeah I, why why would i have to go to college when i could put this time and effort into racing and mom and dad are like no you're going to college just like every other parent probably tells their kids <laughs> <laughs> so i i got here and you know i i'm glad i came it's it's been actually uh quite nice being down here in charlotte but i mean it's another it's another burden to carry on our shoulders and as well as the the cost it the cost it uh, it takes to get through college plus what it takes to get through racing is just another another heavy item we have to carry on our shoulders so um but there is there is a plus side obviously being here in charlotte gives me a little bit more of a network other than just you know the people that i've met in new york um plus it's all charlotte's a pretty big racing uh racing country down here so people like the idea of it but it's it's still quite tough just having so much uh stuff on our shoulders and so little time for anything else on our plates um just other than college and racing why don't we talk about the advancement prize offered by anderson promotions or, or given by anderson promotions Michael, so that's going to handle the majority of a USF Pro 2000 team's needs to run you next year. Tell me about yes. the conversations, how conversations go with teams, knowing that it fills the majority of the financial puzzle, but not all. Is it enough to be a serious conversation starter are you having teams say that's awesome we got almost all of it but let's talk when you've got a hundred percent what is that like how does that happen it's um i don't know it's kind of makes me a little anxious actually um so there's been a couple teams that i've talked to um i don't really want to say names but Penske, uh, that were, Ganassi, that were, I understand. <laughs> McLaren, uh, Mercedes. Yeah, totally. Um, that a couple of teams that I talked to that were, you know, would be willing to use some of their team sponsors to help, you know, alleviate some of the extra cost. Um, and while the, I think we, when we crunched the numbers, um, the, the scholarship only really t- takes, uh, I mean, helps 60 to 70, uh, 50 to 70 percent of what the cost is depending on the number that we get from teams um, and yeah it is it is the majority but it's not it's not like you know a hundred percent of it so when we get to teams some of them have been in the situation before where they've had a driver that won the championship and then others don't so I'd have to explain pretty much what we get from a championship and how much it's actually worth um, and what we get from and uh, the specifics of it. And uh, a lot of the time there, it seems like we still have to take um, pretty much what it costs to run a USF 2000 budget, like uh, just on top of the scholarship. And it's been quite tough. It, it's been really quite tough trying to talk to these teams and, um, you know, hope for a number that is uh, understanding uh, for our budget, which is already quite low. Um, so yeah, talking to these teams makes me a little quite anxious because at this, at the moment, a lot of teams are signing drivers quickly now and it's push putting us into a panic mode where we're just, we have to, we have to really 
find the rest of the stuff, uh, the rest of what they're asking for in such a short time because everyone's looking for a pro 2000 seat. That's what I was going to add as well. Two items that you, you touched on a bit. There's no such thing as a budget, meaning it's not like every team you go to is like every McDonald's around the country where, you know, prices are the same across the board. No, uh, each team is a little bit different. Obviously those who are championship winners, uh, or just known for being high, high caliber teams tend to charge a little bit more than those who are aspiring to get there. Sometimes you get the championship caliber teams at whatever level of the ladder that are willing to say, Hey, okay, we know that maybe for some of our drivers, they might end up paying full boat. Others who we think maybe someone like yourself that has championship potential, uh, maybe we'll try and work a little bit of a deal, but at this level though, you never have a team saying, come on in son. It's free drive all you want. Oh, no. Do it right. That indie car, <laughs> you hope that happens, but here, this is still, this is going to college. Uh, yeah, open wheel college and you hope to get as, uh, as much of a full ride, uh, scholarship as possible. But those are, are rare in terms of something that covers everything for a year. Then there's also the aspect that you mentioned of the, Hey, so the best teams at every level tend to be the ones getting the most interest in those seats do indeed get, uh, filled up faster than the others. So to your point, this isn't something that you can just kind of slow roll and yeah, it's October 20th and we don't go racing again for another five months or whatever. You're on the clock here. So why don't we pivot this just a little bit on that subject? You mentioned you're going and, and doing some work this weekend, for example. It's right. not something that I would call a vacation. It might be in something that looks like a, a vacation type setting or a resort type setting, but you're heading out doing another thing that so many young drivers like yourself have done for decades upon decades. And that is going out, working, networking, hoping to meet the next person who might help you to advance your career, become a sponsor, become a backer. Tell folks about that part, Michael, because I don't know if folks understand as well this is like really normal. Uh, it's a, it's a time honored tradition of trying to meet people and see if y'all can work together to help level yourself up. Yeah. I mean, uh, I actually learned, I guess, I guess I, I knew it a while ago, but I came to the realization and put it in words quite recently that in order for a driver to succeed or, you know, grow their network, um, I realized that you have to show your face everywhere and anywhere. And it doesn't really matter who you talk to, but talk to everyone. And it's, it's just, it's not more about what you know, it's about who you know. And I'm sure that's a quite well-known, you know, saying, but it's true. And I'm, I'm going to an event this weekend. It's, it's a pretty much a golf outing, um, but I'm helping run it. Uh, It was a, a favor that one of my friends from actually here at UNC Charlotte asked if I can go. And I know I, I saw this as an opportunity to, you know, meet some people that uh, could potentially have some contacts or could be the contact that I might need to get me back in a car for next season. And I mean, going to, I've also in the past couple of weeks, I went to the VIR race um, 
the F4 U.S. Championship VIR race. Um, talked to a couple teams there. And the weekend before, I was at the Petit Le Mans. And then it's, I think every single weekend thus far, I've been somewhere other than Charlotte for school. And I've been trying, and it's been just, you know, hustling and trying to get to know that one person and maybe a whole bunch of people, a whole network really of just folks that you could surround yourself with that may or may not have those contacts or the funding to get me there. And even if it isn't the funding, it's the network and it's the publicity. And that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what I've realized that it's, you got to show your face everywhere and anywhere. And that's what I've been trying to do recently, especially since, since the, uh, the season end in uh, Portland, I've been, you know, just trying to do everything I can to get a seat for next year. And I appreciate your approach to this, Michael. And I have to believe that the, the marketing education that you're gaining on a, on a daily basis and in, in school is only helping to drive this. One of the things I've mentioned before in years past on podcasts with young uh, uh, championship winners like yourself, open wheel uh, ladder drivers. Hey, I'd like to reach out to a team owner and see if there's an opportunity or, hey, I, I, I'd like to go after this sponsor. Do you have an email address for them? Or uh, what's their phone number? Uh, I want to text them. And I always tell those drivers, stop absolutely stop do not do either of those things because what you're doing is not building a relationship you're falling into the category of every other jackass who thinks sending some form of text sms electronic communication is going to be the thing that has roger penske mike shank Brian Herter going, oh my goodness, look who I got an email from or a text from. I'm going to just magically spend millions of dollars to change their lives because they felt sending me a typed message was the most and highest level of commitment they were willing to expend. <laughs> no, that's you not that how it really works. <laughs> right? But I'm just yeah. saying, I, I'm... I can't tell you the amount of young drivers who've asked for email addresses or again, numbers to text saying they're going to text someone. I'm like, stop the people who can change your lives tend to be business people who do these deals and are drawn in and interested because of interpersonal communication at worst, a telephone call. But that is something that is live, dynamic. You can hear the tones and intents and everything in that communication. That's the worst place to start. The best is exactly what you're describing. Hello, person standing in front of me. I don't know you, but I would like to. And hey, uh, would you have any interest in supporting a young race car driver trying to live their dreams, uh, who has a champion pedigree. That's the way to do things. And even if the vast majority of those things do not work out, this is how the folks you're speaking to do business and have made themselves into the kind of success, uh, that 
would attract you and every other driver. So just a, a note of appreciation for you saying, aha, talking to people, getting to actually yeah. know people and treat them like real people and see if we have common interests, not, Hey, guess what I did today? I woke up, drank coffee and fired off a hundred blind emails. Look, I just, those are spam. It's the same exact, like, Hey, yeah. uh, Russian dating. I want to marry you or, Hey, you've won $10 billion. Come to wherever to like, you're just spamming yeah. people. So I keeping appreciate in, your approach. Keeping in touch is literal. Keep in touch, physical touch. Smart. That's, all, that's what I've seen. It's smart. Well, let's close on this. So you are pursuing the next level of your dream. Your brother is also trying to continue and advance his dream, right? I love the idea if possible. And I'm not sure if continuing in USF 2000 or uh, USF pro 2000 is what uh, Nick is looking at, but I do love the idea of the racing D Orlando brothers being able to continue together uh, next year and the year beyond and the year after that. Tell me about decision-making time. Do you continue pushing uh, until a certain date? Do you look and survey the, the USF Pro 2000 field and say, if I'm not able to get into this seat or that seat, I don't know if it's worth trying to complete a budget to drive for someone or a team that, at least to date, has not demonstrated their ability to maybe get me into victory lane. Curious how you approach this brother, because getting the advancement prize again is amazing, but it's not like I would say everything is guaranteed. No, not at all. I think um, when it comes to the decisions that we've been making, we, we have to be dynamic with our decisions and um, I guess proactive and reactive uh, just in general. Uh, because of the budget constraints and because we're still trying to figure out paying off this past season, the 2022 season, uh, let alone the 2023 season, like I said before, seats are kind of going quick. So when, uh, when a team that we were looking for that we think could be a championship contending team, uh, when the seats are, when the seats are gone, we're going to have to change our mindset and change our, our choices on what, if we should actually run it, uh, the USF Pro 2000 or USF 2000 championship or what avenue or what team to take because of, you know, the dynamics in the sport and because we can't control other people, we have to make our decisions based on what we have now and what we know now. Um, so like you said, it's, it's going to be tough trying to make that decision because obviously you don't know what your outcome would be in any situation. Um, it would it makes things a lot harder when you know we we don't really have much control in the first place um, because of that budget constraint and that's what's that's what's kind of you know scaring me a little bit is going into 2023 we have to find that plan B plan C all the way through Z uh, just to stay in a car for next year so that's that's been that is the one thing that you know. It's scary. That's that's all I know. It's it's scary. Don't be scared, Michael Deerlando. You got too much talent uh, to let that <laughs> rule your life. But it's a good motivator, right? Uh, you never want to be complacent, but obviously that is not something you are. Appreciate you taking some time and helping to explain 
and none of this is 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 negative as I see it or being critical. It's just maybe opening the door a little bit wider on the fact that uh, in in instances like yours, where you aren't sitting on a bunch right. of family money or, or long term primary sponsorship to offer. Winning a championship can still come with a lot of work, a lot of effort required. I would have to imagine that when you do get to a place where you're able to go forward with a team, and I'm confident you will, you're going to have an even greater appreciation. You and your brother and your family have had a story for many years of having to make big things happen with uh, a lot of faith and prayers and uh, and beliefs that everything's going to work out and that's uh, right. never the necessarily super fun when you're having to get that stuff sorted out but i do believe it does make drivers better 